Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Today, I'm going to talk about day trading, day trading in the stock market. We're going to talk about the hidden dangers of day trading and the things that that they don't tell you when they sell you that $3,000 day trading program. And so we're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel. We're going to talk about uh, some of the things about day trading that I wish uh, everybody knew uh, before you jump right into the basket. And uh, we're going to also break down some stuff going on in the stock market. So get comfortable, buck up your seatbelt. We're getting started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I'm your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day under one condition. One condition is that you don't hate me for being black. You actually appreciate me for being black. And also you understand why I am black first. We have an urgent issue in our community, which is the racial wealth gap, which is something that I've spent my life uh, for almost 30 years now, studying and breaking down and analyzing uh, for college students and, and stuff like that. That's what my PhD is in. And I believe that we have some areas where we can actually pay attention and get a little bit better. So I want to say good morning to everybody. How you doing today? Uh, let's see. I see uh, Ricky and Frederick. Uh, good morning to you. It's so great to see you. And uh, shout out the city that you're from. Let me know what city you're coming from. So uh, give me a yes or no. Yes or no in the chat. How many of you have ever uh, seen uh, maybe some of these um, expensive day trading programs that are out here where people are saying, come and trade with me and you'll make, you know, and, and it'll cost you $3,000 and I'll show you how to trade and make money trading stocks. Give me a yes or no if you've seen any of this that's out there. Now, I'm not here to say that those are bad or that they're, that they're all crooks or that they're terrible people. I just want to kind of give you some insights on day trading, some things that you want to think about if you decide to get into day trading or not. Uh, and in fact, actually, what I'll even do to make it simpler for you is uh, Jelani and Anthony and Joe, I'm going to actually explain to you what day trading is and also give you based on academic research, because uh, you guys know my PhD is in finance, I'm going to give you some academic research on day trading and uh, why in my PhD program, uh, the feeling kind of honestly, to be honest with you, was kind of like that day trading was not the healthiest way to make your money. That day trading was a wonderful way to lose everything. It was a great way for you to um, to go broke. And uh, it doesn't mean that everybody goes broke. Uh, that's what the appeal is, right? Everybody who goes to Vegas doesn't come home broke. Some people go to Vegas and they come home paid, right? You know what I'm talking about? You go to Vegas and it's fun. You roll the dice. Sometimes you get lucky, right? But most people, they, they go to Vegas, don't come back as winners. And uh, and so, uh, so one of the first things I'll say about day trading or what they might call swing trading or things like that is that uh, it's it's not a game where everybody loses. Um, uh, at best, it can be compared sometimes to a little bit like an MLM. Uh, anybody, anybody ever, give me a guess if you have any friends that will try to get you to join their MLM and it just makes you want to throw up in your in your mouth every time they come to they come by. You like scared to invite them to the house that you feel like they're going to try to recruit you. And then in case you are in an MLM, don't think I'm hating on you. I'm not attacking you or anything like that. Just just be careful with your friends because just know that your friends are probably talking about you behind your back. Well, MLMs um, are interesting, right? MLMs. I always wondered like what's the difference between an MLM, aka multi level marketing. Uh, system 
versus say a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi scheme? Well, uh, actually, you'll be uh, you you might be interested in knowing that the thin line that differentiates an MLM from a pyramid scheme is whether or not the MLM is actually selling a product. If they're selling a product in connection with their MLM, then that's their loophole. That's how they get out. Even if they're making most of their money, which most MLMs do, most MLMs make their money by recruiting new members. They don't usually make the money from the product, but they have the product there. The product is covered. The product is covered. In fact, I'm going to use a really highly politicized, probably offensive example to help you understand this. Uh, you ever hear uh, the people from Planned Parenthood testify in Congress and they say, well, you do abortions. That's why you're here. And they'll be like, no, 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 no. We provide we provide prenatal health, health care, health care for women. No, no, you don't. You know, you know what it is. Y'all know what you're doing. I'm not, I'm not making fun of it. I'm not saying that, that that's wrong. You can have whatever opinion you want on it. But you know what it is. Right. You know what it is. Uh, you know, just like the dope dealer who says, well, no, I really run a record store. And the record store just happens to make, uh, you know, a million dollars a week. Uh, but 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 I sell I sell vinyl records and, and it's just a really great business. So I have a really great car wash. Right. It's, it's a, a lot of times you have covers, you have beards, uh, economic beards, business beards to some extent. So an MLM for an MLM, the business beard is the fact that they claim to sell a product, but really the big the big bank is made by getting people in your downline. I think that's what they call it, where people are when they when they do stuff, you're making money. When they recruit new members, you get a piece of every member they recruit. Well, a lot of times, you know, day trading is the same way. Where one similarity that they have with MLMs is that. Uh, they, um, they, it's one of those things where just like an MLM, you end up having something that's like a hybrid between the hunger games and the squid games, excuse me, financially speaking, where the majority of the people that are involved don't make any money. The majority of the people who get in end up losing a lot of money. Uh, but there's that small percentage at the top that does make money. Right. The small percentage at the top that does make money. And those are the people that they advertise to you. And they say, look at this person. Look at Bob. Bob used to work. You know, Bob used to make minimum wage just like you. Well, now Bob is balling. Bob is on the beach. Bob has a new Lambo. You ever see the little ads where they got the, the guy pulls up in the Lambo with the big house in the back? You want to live like this? Shout it. You can do that. Right. OK. OK, fine. Right. But the thing is that that is very uh, that's what you call um, in statistics. They call that selection bias. Selection bias is where I'm not really showing you the whole picture. I'm showing you the piece of the picture that's going to help me achieve my goal. So I'm going to show you specific people in specific situations that is going to give you a specific image of what your life will be like if you do what I say, if you sign up for my program or, or whatever. Now, uh, to some extent, in a lot of the day trading uh, situations I've seen, the people who make the most money are the people who teach other people how to day trade. Like those, are, that's guaranteed money, right? That's not. There's nothing. There's nothing volatile about that. But the day traders themselves, uh, you, you'll be hard pressed to find examples where uh, people actually literally show exactly what every single trader is making on every trade and every situation and how every outcome was. Uh, now, with that being said, uh, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Uh, and uh, I will read to you what the Securities and Exchange Commission says about day trading. And you can kind of get their their sort of perception on day trading. Now, I'm not telling you not to day trade. I'm not telling you not to swing trade. I, I'm, not, I'm not in any way uh, crapping on your ambitions, right? If you want to go out here and roll the dice and, and try to make it big and and buy, you know, put all your money in Shiba Inu and and, and go and, and, and ride the roller coaster again, God bless you. I hope you really get rich. I hope that things work out. I just want to prepare you uh, for the fact that 
all good things come to an end. All good things must come to an end. And what has occurred in the last probably two or three years is that because the Fed has pumped so much money into the economy, because the uh, the market has been inflated so much, because you have what is called asset inflation right now and the prices are going up, a lot of people have become overnight experts in the stock market. You have a lot of people who started trading three months ago who said, now I can teach other people how to trade. They're, they 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 feel confident that they can do that. That's what and uh, in, in, there's literally research on this. It's called investor overconfidence. Uh, one of the people in my dissertation committee, David Hirschleifer, used to talk about that financial psychology, which I'm really intrigued by. Where they become very overconfident and they say, because I'm making money. Uh, I can show you how to make money just like I did. When they don't understand that the reason it seems like you're making money is because everybody's making money. It's like that Bell Bib DeVoe song. Actually, one of the guys from um, uh, Bell Bib DeVoe is actually in the Black Business School right now. And uh, and, and and so sometimes when, I, when, I, when I've talked to him, we would joke about the fact that I'm, I love to make references to Bell Bib DeVoe songs sometimes. I don't know why. It's just I don't know. Like I would say, never trust a big button to smile. Well, one thing that um, that they used to say in another Bell Bib DeVoe song was they had a song called I Thought It Was Me. Y'all remember that song? You know, I thought it was me that that made that girl this way come to find out she's like that every day right so you thought it was you you thought the market well you thought that you were pulling money out of the market in a really creative and intelligent way when really everybody's getting money out of this market man i mean you have to be damn near like brain dead to not make money in the stock market in the last five to ten years i mean if you have been investing in any way that is even remotely rational there, there is no way on this planet, on God's green earth, that you could not have been making money in this stock market in the last really 20 years, really 20 years. I mean, you know, rich people have really done a, done a horrible disservice <laughs> to this country, in my view, because they have uh, they have created just such an amount of inequality and such an imbalanced economy that it's absolutely ridiculous. They will literally have you thinking the economy is roaring because the stock market is taking off. But if you look at little statistical indicators of where the world is financially or where America is financially, you'll find little interesting things that only statisticians might notice. Like if you look at the median wealth, it might be right at this level, but the mean, the average is way out here. Well, the average is really high because you have you have a, what they call skewness. You have people at the end that are just making so much money that it's insane. They're, you know, you, you, you know, you got one one guy over here barely making it by, you know, making minimum wage because minimum wage hasn't gone up in since forever. And then you've got another person who's literally making, you know, one hundred thousand dollars a day. Right. So it's 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 kind of crazy, the economy that you live in. And so uh, according to the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, the, the when they talk about day traders and swing traders, one thing that they say is they pretty much say uh, trade your dollars at your own risk. They said day traders rapidly buy and sell stocks throughout the day in the hope that their stocks will continue climbing or falling in value for the seconds to minutes that they own the stock, allowing them to lock in quick profits. Day traders usually buy on borrowed money, hoping that they will reap higher profits through leverage, but running the risk of higher losses too. Leverage becomes very popular. This is true in any any era where the stock market has been taken off. In any era when the stock market has been taken off, leverage, borrowing, buying on margin becomes extremely popular because people think everything can only go up. For example, in 2017, when crypto was taken off, a lot of people were borrowing off their credit card to go invest in companies like BitConnect. If you remember BitConnect, which which looked like an easy way to make money, and I had people blowing up my inbox saying, "Come on, Doc, you, you you're not you, you know you're not you're not supportive of BitConnect. What are you talking about, man? I've made so much money. Look at how much money I made." And they would do 
videos. They would say, here, watch me go to the ATM and withdraw $30,000 out of my BitConnect account. Well, what happens is that the real test of the market is when things start to drop. That's when the way to find out if the emperor has no clothes on is when the water drops and you see that he, he told you he has a three-piece suit on because he was wearing the shirt, but he didn't have no pants on. And then the water drops, you find out that he's down, you know, that he's got his drawers on underneath the water, right? Well, that's because you can't look under the water, right? So ultimately when the markets start to drop, that's when a lot of things start to to uh, to be exposed that that you didn't know about in, in, before because everybody was making money, everybody was financially drunk, the financial party was going uh, going really well. So mark my words, when this market pops, which it will, this market will pop. Uh, the economy is going to drop, and eventually they're going to have to control inflation. The Federal Reserve is going to have to at some point increase interest rates, which is going to cause your stocks to kind of feel a little bit of a dip. You're going to start seeing. Uh, things exposed. You're going to start seeing scandals. You're going to start seeing people, you know, getting in trouble, maybe bankruptcies or going to jail even, right? But, but then again, the way the financial system is so biased, they don't really send the big bankers to jail, like Lehman Brothers and stuff like that. They'll send the little people to jail, like that black person who was making money on mortgage fraud or whatever, right? That's kind of how that system works. It's kind of terrible. So uh, so here's the thing. So the SEC says uh, that when it comes, here's some facts every investor should know about day trading. This is a warning to anybody that wants to get into day trading if you see a day trading program or, or they tell you that you're gonna you're guaranteed to make money and the reason people don't make money is because they don't follow my system yeah 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 we, we've heard all that i can tell you i've seen all the research I, I i i we literally used to debate this kind of thing when i was working on my phd we talked about this kind of thing all the time and the conclusion consistently was that yeah a few people are going to make day trading or make money day trading that's like if if a bunch of us flip a coin and we bet our family wealth on whether who gets heads the most times Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to walk away with money. But most of you are going to lose. Most of you are not going to make money. So uh, ultimately, this, this is something where some people make money, most people don't. They said, uh, number one, be prepared to suffer severe financial losses. They said day traders typically suffer severe financial losses in their first months of, first months of trading, and many never graduate to profit-making status. Given these outcomes, it's clear. Day traders should only risk money that they can afford to lose. They should never use money they will need for daily living expenses, retirement, taking out a second mortgage, or you or use their student loan money for day trading. So what makes this very dangerous, which is a very big problem, Robinhood has gotten a lot of um, pushback because Robinhood has uh, incentivized a lot of young people to get into day trading, and that's a, that's a problem because. Uh, because the, because young people are just, I'm sorry, if you're young, you're, you're probably kind of stupid. You know, I'm not making fun of you. I was stupid when I was your age too. And I, here I am. I mean, I'm a finance professor, but even when I was 21 or 22, I was, anybody else was stupid when you were like 21, raise your hand if you were stupid as, as when you were in your early twenties. And uh, I think it's just kind of sad when they get pushed into these things that become highly addictive, highly problematic, and sometimes create problems that you can't come back from. Now, how do I feel about Forex? Um, I think Forex, uh, is a highly liquid market. I think that there's a lot, there's a reason the Forex market exists. Um, I, I don't think it's easy to make consistent money in the Forex market, but I think it might be worth looking into in terms of just learning it from a basic level. Um, I personally don't make my money by trading in Forex. So uh, I, I, I will only speak to that to a certain point. I will say that it's a really amazing market. There's a lot of money kind of splashing back and forth. And it's very interesting. It's very intriguing. Um, you know, But if I invest in the Forex market, I'm fully prepared to lose everything I put up. Whereas if I put my money into stocks, 
that's more stable. I found that a diversified portfolio where I'm making consistent investments over a long period of time has been a method of investing that has never, ever done me wrong. It's never done me bad. I've never gone wrong with that route. Whereas with Forex, you're going to have some 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 heavy days where you, you have a lot of money. You got some lean days where your money's kind of lean. So be really careful about that. You know, when you go and try to and you learn how to do these things. And uh, and then also, I would say, I don't think you have to go spend thousands and thousands of dollars to learn how to do Forex. I've seen some Forex MLM uh, systems that people set up. And uh, and I kind of think that's a little bit much. You know, I don't think it, I, I, I wouldn't do it myself. I'm not you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't like in the black business school. You know, there were so many students asking to learn Forex that we partnered with a company that we like and they actually teach the students Forex. So it is there uh, if you want to learn. it. It's an interesting market, but it's not a place I think about when I say, gang, dang, I want to get it. I want a financial come up. I'm going to go put all my money into Forex. I, I don't I don't have that conversation with myself. So do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. And also, by the way, if you go to boyswalkins.com, since it's Black Friday it, at the time of this recording, we're actually we actually have a lot of stuff that's really deeply discounted this week. So if you're interested, feel free to go to boyswalkins.com. Just look at the top. There's something there, there's usually something for 76 percent off during Black Friday week. So just go to boyswalkins.com. We have a lot of different things going on in the Black Business School. So feel free to go take a look. All right. So hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe button. Let me keep reading about day trading, according to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, they said day traders do not invest. I agree with that. They said day traders sit in front of the computer screens and look at look for a stock that is either moving up or down in value. They want to ride the momentum of the stock and get out of the stock before it changes course. They do not know for certain how the stock will move. They are hoping that it will move in one direction, up or down in value. True day traders do not own any stocks overnight because of the extreme risk that prices will change radically from one day to the next, leading to large losses. Yeah, so day trading is different from investing. Day trading is different from investing. Day trading is different from investing. Did I, did I tell you the day trading was different from investing? Did I mention that to you? I can't remember. I'm trying to remember. So so the reason I say this is because um, I have a lot of people that will say, hey, doc, I, I started investing. I started investing. And then I'll look and see, oh, you're day trading. OK, that's OK. But that's not quite the same as investing. Investing is when you plant a seed and you let it grow. Right. Day trading is when you plant the seed, you dig it up 10 minutes later, then you plant it again, then you dig it up 10 minutes later, then you plant it again, you dig it up 10 minutes later. Right. That's kind of it's kind of hard to grow in that herky jerky kind of style, right? Of 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 asset allocation. Doesn't mean you can't make money. Uh, but but I but I would say that it's it's just a little bit different. Also, the other thing too is that it takes a lot of time. That's another reason why day trading is kind of tough, is because it just takes so much time. You have to sit there and constantly monitor your stocks. And you can set up these, you can set up automated trading and stuff like that. I mean, you have processes you can put in place, but it but but when you're really in it you're really paying close attention to what's happening in the market all the time. And you have a lot of up and down, a lot of emotional volatility that comes with that. Uh, maybe some sleepless nights, a lot of stress that comes with that, especially when you're talking about using lots of margin and taking really deep losses. It takes, it, when that stuff, when that, when that loss hits you and it grabs you in your gut, it is really difficult. Like um, I actually mentioned to you, one thing that's a little bit like day training actually is poker. Uh, I told you guys I love poker. Poker is a fun game. I I I love it. Um, but I would never make my living as a poker player. But I'm good. I'm good. I have literally won poker tournaments with 900 people in them. I kid you not. I like got first place out of 900 people. And and you don't get that just with luck. You got to actually be good. So I'm really good. It's a game of psychology, strategy, and math, and I really love it. But the reason I realized that I didn't want to be like a professional poker player and didn't want to pay poker for big amounts of money is because there was something about losing lots of money that just made me sick. You know, just where I was like, man, fuck this game. I hate this crap. This is terrible. 
Oh my God. Right. I hated that feeling. I didn't like that feeling. So the chance of making a little more money uh, did not overwhelm the fact that I just hated the, the feeling of losing like everything. It was just, it's, it's terrible. And poker, poker will play with you like that. You know, you'll have all the chips one minute, next minute you'll lose everything. And it's, it, it's just, it just makes you mad. And so what I found was that that ability to kind of manage those emotions. Like, so when I do play poker tournaments and I don't play them for tons of money, but I, but I like to play against competitive players. I will constantly be aware of my emotions. I constantly keep myself emotionally balanced and stable. If I see myself going out, out of range, I'll kind of say, okay, voice, you know, let's, let's be cool. Stay cool. Relax. Right. And, uh, and, and I think the same thing is true with day trading. In fact, uh, the wall street firms that were looking for day traders were actually recruiting poker players to do that because they said poker players had a really great ability to minimize their losses and maximize their gains. When things were going well, they knew how to really go get it. And when things are going bad, they knew how to really protect themselves against that. Right. So, uh, so ultimately some of those skills you might gain from day trading can be beneficial skills, uh, especially when you talk about uh, emotional awareness and emotional management and things like that. Uh, but at the same time, it's not a matter of, um, of putting my family wealth on the line. I think that's the issue, right? Because remember, poker, if you play poker a lot for lots of money, it does it is gambling, right? So to some extent, day, day trading, not to some extent, definitely to a full extent, day trading is pretty much gambling. So be really careful with that. Um, what else? The other, the other thoughts that I remember when I was in finance class when I was in college and I sat next to this guy who told me that he had um he had been trading stocks daily every single day and i remember he he said he said one day i made half a million dollars by lunchtime and i lost all that money by dinner time and i remember just thinking that sounds horrible that sounds like a freaking nightmare and uh one thing he said was he said that's when he realized he had a gambling addiction and he said i never thought it was a gambling addiction because i was an investor right i thought i identified myself as an investor he said but i didn't realize that wait i was just a gambling addict just like somebody who goes to vegas so there are millions of people now who open up their Robinhood apps who are pretty much degenerate gamblers. That's what they are. You know, like I'm going to bet to see, like, let's make the, if you hear a lot of times, if you listen closely to the language that people will use when they talk about investing is very similar to the language people use when they talk about sports betting or going to Vegas, right? They'll say, you know, somebody say, well, what's the, what's the, what's the big options play for today? Or what, what are we going to, you know, I'm going to bet it all on such and such. I'm going to bet, you know, and, and I remember when I, you remember I used to do stuff with Damon Dash back in the day and Damon's a very smart guy, you know, from Rockefeller records and all that. Um, and uh, Dame's a smart guy and a good guy. But I remember when he would talk about investing, he would say, I bet it all. I liked it. When I go out, I bet it all. And uh, and I didn't say, I didn't disagree. I didn't jump out and disagree with what he was saying. But I did try to calibrate it by kind of saying you don't actually have to bet it all. In fact, actually, uh, betting it all has uh, has a, uh, there's the upside and there's the dark side, right? So when you're listening to uh, this financial, you're seeing this financial awareness movement kind of happening in the community where everybody's kind of looking toward investing as a way to build capital and build wealth. Be really careful about the language that makes you feel like you have to take uncomfortable levels of risk in order to get ahead. There is nothing about investing that says that you got to bet it all for you to get ahead financially, or you got to go big, or you got to quit your job right now, or you got to put all your life savings on the line. Do not get into any of that. If you are smart, um, you will take, you, you won't let fear stop you, but you will take calculated risks, right? And so, and again, when, you know, because I, I was a pretty good poker player, I guess, I guess I was pretty good. But then again, the, all, all the decent poker players think they're the best in the world. So maybe this is overconfidence talking. I have no idea. But one thing I learned in, in playing that game is that, um, you know, when it's time to take the chance, you you go hard, but you think very carefully before you do it. 
right? You don't, you, before you allow yourself to get to the point of no return, you make sure you think about all the possibilities and say, how can I win this battle without taking on any risk? If I, if I can win it without taking on risk, then I won't. But once I realize I have to take the risk and I realize the risk is right, I'm going to measure in my head all the things that can happen. I'm going to measure the good side and I'm going to look at the downside. See, so and that's the problem. The reason a lot of black people don't become uh, entrepreneurs is because uh, traumatized people tend to see the downside of everything. They tend to they live in fear. Right. And so you can't spend your life living in fear. If you live in fear, it's like being in prison your whole life, except you built the prison, which makes it the best prison ever because you built it and you know exactly how to incarcerate yourself. Right. So if you're living in fear constantly, you will never, ever find happiness. You will never, ever find love. You will never, ever find peace. You'll never, ever find success because you will always end up feeling um that man god you know if i do this it's going to go bad it's going to go bad um but at the same time you can't or you also can't sit down and hear somebody give you a rah-rah speech that convinces you to go put it all on the line and to bet it all uh, because none of those people are going to be around if it doesn't go right right so so somebody who's getting you to sign up for a, a five thousand dollar three thousand dollar know, trading program who gets you to bet it all uh, in order to do that, by by showing you imagery of this amazing lifestyle, look at me on the beach, look at me in my mansion. Well, of course, you got a beach and a mansion. You you know you you see you got three thousand people to give you three thousand dollars, right? You got nine million dollars right now. Like no wonder you have a beach and a, and a house and a, a, a big mansion or a house on the beach and all this other stuff. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But you got to know the difference between the two. You got to know the difference. They're they're not really taking the risk. You're taking the risk. Right. And so uh, to give you a good example, the, uh, the California gold rush, the California gold rush is a good example of what I'm talking about. During the gold rush, did y'all know this? Most people who participated in the gold rush did not get any gold. Did y'all know this? Most people who participated in the gold rush did not get any gold at all. They bet it all. They went out west. They looked for gold. They came back broke. They lost nothing. You know who made money during the gold rush? The most money. The people who made the most money during the gold rush were the people who were selling shovels and picks to the people who are going out looking for gold. The people who made the most money during the gold rush were the people who were saying, well, after you go digging for gold, when you come back, you're going to need a hot meal. I don't know if you're going to find gold, but I know you're going to be hungry, right? The people who made money during the gold rush were companies like Levi's who sold jeans, blue jeans that were rugged enough where you could sit on your knees and dig for gold all day. You know, So whether or not you found gold had nothing to do with whether or not they were going to sell you a pair of blue jeans, right? You needed the jeans no matter what, just to take the risk. Right. So ultimately, uh, when you're looking at playing this economic game, I encourage you to become financially literate so you'll know all the ways to play the game in a way that works for you. It's it, Again, play, playing the, the economic game is a lot like playing any sport. Uh, the, there are many positions you can play. There are many ways you can play it. There are many risks you could take. Don't let anybody else's financial personality dominate and dictate your own. Don't let anybody convince you that because you're not betting it all, you're just, you're messed up. You're lazy. You're scared. You ain't never going to mount to nothing. No, no. You sit back and figure out what works for you. Uh, and, and literally, there's literally a whole slew of economic theory about this. Everybody has a different financial personality. Everybody has a different, what they call a risk profile or risk preference. Some people want to bet it all. Some people don't want to bet nothing. Some people want to do something in the middle. And so, and so it's really a matter of finding out what makes you most comfortable. All right. So <clears throat> uh, by the way, uh, let's see, Mary Pierce, I see your question about the Black Business School. Uh, if you have any questions about anything in the Black Business School, we have an excellent, excellent, excellent customer support team. Uh, and I will give you the email address right now. Okay, you ready? Write this email address down. Somebody type in the chat so others can see it. It is support 
at theblackbusinessschool.com. T-H-E, support at theblackbusinessschool.com. Don't type support at blackbusinessschool.com because you won't get them. It's support at theblackbusinessschool.com. So a lot of times, Mary, if uh, people can't find the, the support team, it's because they put in the wrong email address. But believe me, I know they're there. We pay them lots of money to be available for you all the time and to respond to you within within just a few hours. So uh, if you have any questions about anything in the Black Business School, email support at theblackbusinessschool.com. All right, guys, and speaking of the Black Business School, uh, because it's Black Friday this week, we have a lot going on, a lot of amazing discounts. Like right now, my uh, my bundle pack, where I basically show you my 11-step method. I call it the Dr. Boyce method. I said, this is so good, I'm going to patent this. So the Dr. Boyce method, 11 steps I go through to pick the stocks I add to my portfolio. There's also the Stock Options mini class, and there's also an economic survival kit that I put together. Uh, feel free to go to BoyceWatkins.com. It's 76% off for this week. And each day, we'll just offer something at a deep discount for Black Friday week. And so you can take a look, try it out. There's a money-back guarantee if you're not happy for any reason whatsoever. Uh, but we hope you'll give it a try because we think the Black Business School is the best in the world of what we do. We specialize in Black wealth. We have changed the culture. And we are leaders in, in, in focusing solely on Black people, building Black wealth for Black, black families that are last multiple generations. That's what we do. That's what we believe. That's who we are. So you can go to voicewalkings.com if you want to take a look at some of the stuff we have in place. All right, guys, I got to go. Have a good day. Hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. And Surradale so, so says, sounds like chess. Are you a good chess player? I haven't played a ton of chess, but but I, I am. The time I did play, I enjoyed it, and I was pretty decent at it uh, because chess is, you're right, chess is a lot like poker. A lot of the best poker players start off as chess grandmasters and stuff like that. And um, another thing about chess is that chess tends to be correlated with uh, with the brain of like mathematicians. And I taught mathematics at the University of Kentucky. So math is kind of, it came naturally to me. And it's funny because I went through school. This is why you can't give up on your kids. Let me just tell you why you shouldn't give up on your children. Uh, when I used to go to school, they used to send my mother notes home saying your son, you know, he doesn't pay attention. He's not smart. His grades are bad. Look, at he's, he's obviously not as smart as the other kids. And of course, they want to put me on medication because I act like I, I probably look like I have ADHD right now. So I ain't even going to deny that I'm going to own that. But I personally, they call it fast brain now, which I think is a great way to describe it because I just have a fast brain. Things are always going through my mind. Sometimes I talk a little faster because literally the, the thoughts are coming that fast. I, there's no shame in that. You're not going to make me feel bad about that. Right. And uh, and so when I was a kid. Um, I remember uh, I, I didn't think I was that smart. I never ever because nobody told me I was smart. I never, you know, I, I would figure things out and I would debate adults and see things that adults didn't understand. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that until I got older. I'd look back on it later and saw that. Well, so here's what would happen every now and then a little spark would happen where, where there would be like a little glimpse of what I was actually capable of that would just come out of nowhere, right? So let me tell you, in the seventh grade, I went to school, this all-white school called Kentucky Country Day. The school is like, the tuition that that school is like $25,000 a year. Like, it's like a college. And uh, and and I got a scholarship. I was on the scholarship, uh, the poor the poor black kid scholarship. You know, you call it the Black Lives Matter scholarship. And uh, and so I was going to school with these rich white kids who made me feel terrible for being poor and black. Uh, but, but, you know, that's life. I, one day I'll talk to my therapist about that. And uh, and and I and and I, my grades were really bad. You know, the education level was really high at the school, and I couldn't keep up. I was lost every day. I was totally confused. And check this out: one day, um, we all take this math test in the seventh grade, and the teacher comes in, and, and they're like, "Well, who got the highest score?" They said, "Boyce got the highest score." And they're like, "Boyce, Boyce got the highest score," and she's like, "Yeah." And he didn't just get the highest score in this class. They said, "Boyce got the highest score in the whole seventh grade." And even I was like, 
holy shit, <laughs> what? You know, because I didn't know that that I that I was that that I could do it like that. I'm not gonna say that I was that smart. That sounds arrogant, but I didn't know that I had it in me. I didn't know, right? So, so you know, when I think about that, <clears throat> you know, this actually forms the foundation of how I talk to you guys, and also how I talk to you about your children. Um, you know, when when I like when I put together like the Black Millionaires of Tomorrow program for kids. One of the things, the re, one of the ways, the things that came to mind when I shaped the program was at the end. If you'll notice, some of you that are in the program, you'll notice that the kids get a little certificate at the end. They get like a what I call a baby bachelor's degree. Like they go through all the curriculum, they pass the self study exams. You could print out a little certificate where they are certified, certified in stock market investing, certified in real estate, etc. And I tell, I encourage parents put that on the wall. Like give that to your child. Like talk to them about what that means. Like you, you got introduced to college level learning as a little kid. And the reason I want you to do that is because I want you to brainwash your kids before the rest of the world gets a hold of them, right? I want you to help them shape their identity. And I'm really honestly reflecting on my own experience. At that age, if somebody had really expressed to me and helped me understand, boys, you are special. You are smart. You you know, forget all these sports and all this other stuff you want to do. Like this is where it's at for you. Like, you know what I would have done? I would have want I would have embraced that because as a little kid, I didn't know. I didn't know where I fit in the world. I didn't think anybody cared about me. I didn't think I was going to amount to nothing. I didn't think there's anything special about me. And if you had given me something at the age of ten that I can hold on to, that would have been a source of pride for me, I would have ran with that sucker all the way to the bank because I wanted to be special. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to, to be good at something, right? And 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 these are these are some of the family issues that we're dealing with as black people. This is why I think things like therapy are so important for us because you know because of our broken families and because of the trauma, we have a lot of kids out here who are just lost starting with the fact that their daddies ain't there my daddy wasn't there my daddy you know was off doing whatever the hell he was doing i had a stepfather but you know it, you know it, 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 your, your natural father is supposed to raise you not not some guy who's being nice enough to step in where another man didn't step up right that's trifling that's crazy you shouldn't know another man be stepping in raising your damn kids you made that baby you should be taking care of that child because that is your seed you're supposed to be guiding him through his life, right? So all these things connect back to the whole wealth conversation, right? Family and wealth and relationships, it's all one big bundle uh, of reality because you'll find that broken families tend to have the lowest wealth. So, so don't think that when I'm talking about family, that I ain't still talking about wealth and economics. All this stuff is connected. And if you can't see the whole big picture, then you're going to miss 90% of what's going on. Okay. So anyway, that's my personal story. And I hope that this helps some of you. Some of y'all got little sons that are out here acting bad and crazy and trifling, getting on your nerves. Just take my word as a fellow parent. Let me just let you know, like teenagers and children will drive you insane. They make you want to choke them every day. You constantly wonder if they're ever going to amount to anything. Uh, our kids do the same thing to us. But then what happens is you slowly but surely see them evolving. And the little little nuggets you're dropping on them every day, the culture you're developing in their household, that's where they go lean back on when they get out into the world of competitive global economics and they find out that the rest of the world is treating them like they're black and they, they have to be ready for battle. Then they start going back to what mom and daddy taught them when they were little kids. And that's what they lean on in order to be successful. That's why your children are going to do better than other people's children. I guarantee it because your culture is better than the culture of other people. Your, your culture is above the fold. It's above all the stuff that we're seeing on TV. And I just want you to kind of embrace that and be proud of that and wear that with a badge of honor. Okay. So I got to go guys. Uh, if you're in the stock market investing club uh, today, we meet at 11 a.m. Eastern, you know, stock market investing classes at 11. You can leave me your questions 
in advance. I will answer every single question you submit. Uh, if you want to go take a look at the program, you want to do a 30-day free trial, feel free to go to the blackstockmarketprogram.com. That's the blackstockmarketprogram.com. I'll put the URL on the screen so you can see it before we go. And uh, that's it. Uh, that's it. These, these are the things that were on my mind this morning. And I know that I, I probably sound like just kind of almost damn near manic with all the stuff that I'm talking about. And who knows, maybe I am a little bit manic, but it's okay because I'm absolutely obsessed with everything that I talk about. This is what I believe. This is my passion. This is what I do. So ain't no shame in that game. I'm going to keep on doing it. So God bless you. Hit the thumbs up button, uh, share, subscribe. I'll see you guys soon. Take care. Have a good one. Love you. Peace.